Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome to episode 23, Your Relationship with Alcohol. Hi, Lauren. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well today on this Friday, busy kids home, trying to use all my tools to stay grounded. It's it's a practice, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that we come to talk about mindfulness. And as we speak, we are both being mindful to be good parents and not strangle our children. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really excited about today's topic of alcohol. And it feels like I should like I don't know, whisper it like it's a seedy topic um, <laughs> because everyone's relationship with alcohol is different. Yeah. And um, I think Lauren and I over the past few months, or I shouldn't say a few for a while now, have been on our own personal journeys with alcohol um, and our own relationship with it. And so we have, we wanted to get together and kind of discuss kind of like our findings, <laughs> And, um, just a a chance for us to reflect back too. So I'll kind of let you give your, like what happened, why'd you decide and how's it going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like most people, I really enjoyed drinking in my twenties and thirties and it never affected me in a way that I realized. I know now that it was definitely affecting me every time I had a drink. Um, but I didn't feel bad, you know, sometimes I of course did, but everything was fine. And alcohol, I thought was a, a healthy, you know, boundaried part of my life and it was fine until it wasn't. And then a couple of years ago, I had a test done. It's called a, oh gosh, what is it called? I'm missing a letter, CMT or CIMT, where they ultrasound your heart. And we were at some conference or some lecture and this man who wrote a book on inflammation in the body brought these crazy scanners that the test is usually two grand and we got it for free. And I had some inflammation around my heart that was really surprising. I don't really have heart disease in my family. And so I started seeing an integrative medicine doctor to address the inflammation integrative medicine doctors, as well as functional doctors want to address the root cause and not just give you medication without trying to see what's up first. They're not anti-medication by any means, but they want to get to it if they can to the root. And so among other, um, among a bunch of things, one of the things he said was to really cut back on drinking. And so that was the, this was probably four or five years ago that I had to really greatly reduce how much I was consuming And by that point, you know, I had two kids and I had little inklings in my head that I needed to start to cut back, but I would have the inkling in the morning, but then by the time five o'clock rolled around, I would ignore the inkling 
and have an evening drink anyway. And so I definitely cut back a lot five years ago. And then as time rolled on, my body started rejecting it where I would have a drink and be so hungover the next day from one drink. And if I wasn't hungover, I was foggy and depressed and just wanted to eat French fries and drink five coffees. <laughs> and, and then the pandemic happened and we were home and I realized, I don't think I can get through this if I'm having any alcohol whatsoever. I don't think that I can get through this in a healthy way and make sure my kids are okay and make sure my marriage is okay and that I have enough energy for all of that. Plus take care of myself if I'm drinking. Even one drink was, was meth messing with my health and happiness. And so I just decided last year that I'd had enough. And I think for me, tapering back early on was super helpful. I didn't go from like 60 to zero overnight. Um, I know. I'm raising <laughs> my did. hand over here. <laughs> and I don't know if I would have been able to do it if I did go from 60 to zero, but because I had taken months and months off completely and would have a drink here and there, um, I had sort of worked through the habit in my body and that like visceral feeling of wanting a drink was gone. Plus we stopped socializing, you know, we stopped going out so much. We stopped going to bars. And so I, I have to say, I wish I did it earlier. Um, I feel so good all the time. And when I don't feel good, it's not because I did something to myself. It's just because my internal chemistry is off that day and I just need, need a break. You know what I mean? I, I no longer carry around the, the amount of thought that thinking about drinking, avoiding drinking, um, grappling with it was using, was causing me. I mean, all of that space is now open for other things in my mind. So awesome. That's such a, uh, so my story is a little different, although I also too blew through my twenties and thirties, you know, with a very, um, poor relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And, um, when I had kids, I switched to wine because, you know, that's grown up and you can drink <laughs> as much of that and it doesn't matter. Um, so then, then I felt like, you know, I'm just, I'm just having wine and I would feel yucky in the morning. And so then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go back to vodka because that's what I used to drink. And then I can just have, you know, one little glass and, and then, mm-mm. I'm not a one glass girl. Right. And it took a long, hard look in the mirror to say like, Misty, you're not just going to have one. You tell yourself you're going to have one, but you're not just going to have one. And I just, uh, to be really honest, I just wasn't being a great wife or mom. And um, it all came to a head in the middle of the pandemic, like this, the last summer, I just was, I mean, we were drinking all the time. The opposite of you, like you said, I don't think I can make it through the pandemic with it. I didn't think I could make it through the pandemic without it. Without it. <laughs> and which was we, a very common, of course. Of cor well, yes. and I think that's why we're talking about this because right. I think a lot of people fell into the hole that I'm in. Right. Um, and, and that is that it's like you don't go out to bars and socialize with your friends. So you just bring the party to your house. And guess what? The party at your house is a lot cheaper and you can buy it in bulk at Costco, you know? So, 
it just became too easy. And I finally, I was having, okay, so back in my 20s, I was diagnosed with um, like irritable bowel disorder, right? I didn't have irritable bowel disorder. I drank too much flipping alcohol. Oh my gosh. I look back at all the tests that were run on me and all the things. And so last January to July, I experienced all the same things I did in my twenties and it was awful. My gut was a mess. And I told, I finally told my husband, I was like, my body's like rejecting alcohol now. Exactly what you said. Like, it's not giving me the same fun that it was. It's a stressor. I have to worry about in the morning telling myself I'm not going to drink. Then I have to think about it all day about how I'm going to be really strong and, you know, grown up. And then it comes time and then I'm like, oh, but I deserve it because I did X, Y, Z. And then I have one and I'm like, oh, it's just one. Everybody has one. And then before I know it, I've had four and I've passed out in bed, you know, and it, it just wasn't worth it anymore. And I'd be willing to bet there's people that are listening that have had the same experience of me and you're there. And so what I read when I was there was there's this whole community of people that are sober curious, like they're right there and they've kind of depended on alcohol through most of their twenties, thirties. And now they're coming in their forties and they're like, "Ugh, I wish I would have had all this information when I was in my twenties, you know, like just to know that you can limit yourself. Some people are able to do that and you don't have to completely wipe it gone, but some people just sober sobriety is a good path for you, you know? Um, And it's really, really, really hard to make yourself do it. It really, really, really is hard. And so I think everybody gets to that place. That's why I wanted to know what you know, what got you there? Cause I think everybody's had, and sometimes if I look back, I've had several of those moments in my life. I just chose to ignore them. Right. This time I was looking in the mirror of my kids and my husband and that's just not, you know, like that's not who I want to be. And I don't want to, I don't want them to look back and have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol because they saw their parents do, you know, having an unhealthy mm-hmm. relationship with alcohol. So Yeah. It's interesting. Like the body, when we have those inklings, we know we're kind of nearing the end of our love affair with wine or whatever our drink is. And it seems like most times the body, when we continue to ignore it, starts to speak much more loudly to us until we can't ignore it anymore. And um, I just want to be super clear that Misty and I were not moving from an active addiction into this place. So if you're in an active addiction, um, get professional help. This, this advice that we're giving is not medical. It's not for somebody really in the throes of it, but if you have had like a casual relationship with it and just really don't want to do it anymore, that's, that's where we're coming from. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think There are a lot of people that can have a healthy relationship with alcohol and still drink it. You know, Lauren and I are choosing, and we've discussed this. I'm like, are you going to drink again? She's like, I don't know. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to put that same thing on myself. I don't like hard, fast barriers in life in general. Be who you want to be, do what you want to do. That's kind of like how I live my life. And I'm going to live my life in regards to alcohol too. Right now, I don't want it. I know that it doesn't serve me well right now. I know it's a slippery slope if I have one and so I'm just staying away from it. But I can honestly tell you, I don't think I'll like not drink forever. Um, 
but I definitely have it in me now and it's firm in there that I know how wonderful it feels to not have alcohol in me. Because the sad truth is the only time I've been alcohol free since I was 18 was when I was pregnant. Right. And, and when you're pregnant, life is not fun. <laughs> so it, this is literally the first time in my entire life since I was 18 that I can step back and it's just, you know, yeah. I'm not under the confines of alcohol. Yeah. So it feels really nice. Um, but like I said, I see my husband like opening wine and I'm like, mm, that looks really good. And he and he says, would you like a glass? And I'm like, no, I'm still okay. And he's yeah. like, okay, well, when, when you'd like one, just know that there's no, like, I'm not judging you. You can have a glass. It's okay. Um, and so if you're, if you're like that and you are kind of like the sober curious, but you don't want to like, you don't need to cut it all off. Just start with one day, see what happens. You know, that's all I did. I literally, I kind of just followed the one day at a time mantra and took it day by day. And each day I felt great. And so I kept going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think how I know that I, that I don't have a problem with it as far as addiction is that like I had a half a glass of red wine with my husband, like two weeks ago at home and I could only have, I did have that and I didn't want any more, mostly because it was so freaking strong because it had been a while. I was like, holy moly. But the next night I didn't want it again, which when I was drinking, you know, four nights a week, every night I wanted a drink and it would, it took a lot of willpower to not. And so what I, what I see now with the difference is I actually don't really have that pull to it anymore. And if I have a little bit with him, um, it's, it's not actually that enjoyable anymore because it's too strong. And I felt fine the next day because it was about half a glass, but I was still a little sleepy and I was like, meh, not exciting, quite different than when I was 30 years old and having a bottle myself, which was thrilling <laughs> until, until my body was like, no more, stop yeah. doing that. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And it's, let's talk about sleep for a second. Cause right. I know on, on our sleep episode, we talked about, you know, one of the things to get rid of is alcohol, like before bed. Yeah. My, okay. So prior to the pandemic, I was being a scene for sleep apnea, my out of nowhere. I'm a five foot five, 125 pound, small girl. Like I don't girl, yeah. not a girl. I'm a woman. <laughs> Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't look like I have sleep apnea is all I mean. Um, like I'm not a, when a doctor looks at me, that's not the first place they go. But I, I told her, I was like, I'm snoring out of nowhere. Right. And so I went through all these tests and I did the thing where you sleep at the sleep center and yada, yada. And they were going to put me on a CPAP and then COVID happened and all of that fell apart because no appointments. Then I drank my face off till July. <laughs> and then in July, I was like, no more. And I stopped. And guess what? No more snoring. Wow. Yeah. No snoring. No doing the three o'clock wake up to the bathroom because I'm dehydrated and I need a full bottle of water and I got to go to the bathroom thing. So I sleep completely through the night. I don't snore. So don't bother my partner anymore, which is awesome. Yeah. And, And I wake up feeling very, very rested. I have a very healthy gut again that allows everything to work the way my body's meant to work. It's, and I am not willing to mess with it because Mm -hmm. the beauty of getting kind of, I don't want, 
I didn't hit rock bottom, but the beauty of getting to a place where you're like, oh, I'm drinking too much is that you understand why you, why you're stopping. Like this sucks. My body hurts. So then when your body feels good again and someone tells you like your husband, hey, you're not snoring and you're sleeping really good and I just can see a big difference in you, then you're like, oh, wow. It matters. It, It matters big time. His, him telling me that he had seen a huge difference in me since not drinking mm-hmm. impacted me more than probably he knows. And it, it keeps me, it keeps me away from it. Yeah. So, yeah, it is powerful. I would say it's powerful too, to remember that if somebody in your life that you love is on that path of either healing from addiction or just wanting to stop the habit of drinking to, to tell them the difference you see. Cause I think that's really powerful to, to hear that, all the hard work of changing yourself is, is visible and worth it to your loved ones. I, I'm, I know we've discussed this too. I'm getting nervous about the world opening again and social situations where drinking is the theme. And, you know, I used in my sales days, I used to always say the best friendships are built with alcohol. Yeah. It, it, you got to get drunk with someone to like really just like connect with them and know them. That has been ingrained in my head forever. Yeah. And so it's very hard for me to think about being in a social situation where I'm not casually drinking to connect with others. Right. Um, so I don't have to address it now because I'm isolated, <laughs> but I do feel like it's, it's something that I'm nervous about. So, um, you know, I, for me, it took a while and my husband even noticed it. Like I was a little uptight at dinners and in social situations at first, but he said something to me recently. He's like, I can tell you figured it out. And I knew what he meant. Like I kind of relaxed into who I am without numbing myself out to have to be around people. That makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. It just takes practice just like anything else, you know? Well, it's like some people, me being one of them, um, you don't, it's like, I used to be fun, Misty, you know, (laughs) like I really was a lot of, if if you talk to a lot of my friends from my twenties and my thirties, I was really fun. Um, and so a lot of that was alcohol associated. Um, and so I just, I want to continue to be fun. And so it's like finding a new way, um, to be with your friends, you Mm -hmm. know, and, but all my friends are of course, completely supportive of me and my decisions or whatever I want to do. Um, so I don't think it will be awkward, but it's just something that I'm, I'm personally nervous. Yeah. That's a big adjustment. Like your oldest friendships, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like I have to keep a kind of a close thumb on my alcohol consumption just because of family trees. I think you and I've talked about that too. It's, it's like all over my branches. (laughs) Um, and, it's, you know, we always talk science. It is extremely hereditary and can yeah. be passed down. And so you've got to be mindful of that. You know, look, if, if you're noticing that you have some patterns, think about your family. And I, I do that too. And then sometimes I think about people that are within my family. I don't necessarily want to be like, you right. know, um, and again, a lot of self-reflection, but I think the healthiest of kind, because not only is it going to help you physically, it's going to help your mental game too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the, the question to ponder for yourself, I mean, if you're listening to this, you obviously have an interest in the conversation of 
you know, is there a healthy relationship with alcohol? And I think the question to ponder is, do you really feel like you have a handle on it? Does it honestly not affect any area of your life, whatever your, your drinking habits are? And what are the consequences of making a change? What, what are the pros and cons, you know? Um, I am at a point where like, nothing's better than waking up clear headed and guilt free from having too many drinks the night before, you know, like I'm, I'm at a point where like, I don't really want anything to mess with that anymore. Cause I'm 43, like, I'm not going to be here forever. And I, I also got to this point where I really had to ask myself, like, do you want to see what you're capable of in this life without alcohol as part of it? Like I knew that it was consuming a lot of my energy and time and thought. And, and um, I just kind of got to this point where I thought it was a big waste of time for myself. And you opened up space. Yeah. And you didn't have a plan, no. right? You just. It was very that, organic. Yeah. yeah. Just. I think people will know, but I think those are great reflection questions. And I would encourage you to write those answers down Yeah, and look at them and think about them. Because if you decide that you're going to like give it a beat and walk away for a minute, that's going to be your why. And you're going to have to go back to your why. I go back to my why all the time. Like I said, it's my family and my husband yeah. telling me like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, so spend some time just thinking about what she said, like, is it for you? Do you have a healthy relationship with it? Um, think I, I had, I often remind myself of all the things I have a list in the back of my planner, actually, of all the things that are negative that it did to me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I look back over the course of my life, literally every single bad decision I've ever made is yeah. associated with alcohol. Yeah. So that is not a good correlation. And, and I'm so sorry that it took me to 40 to figure that out. But hopefully, I think we're coming into a society in general. We've been sucked into this pandemic. A lot of people, me included, got sucked into the drinking. I think now we're over this like COVID fatigue where we were in fight or flight for so long. And now everybody's like a five. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like we're all just kind of they could tell us tomorrow that there were nuclear missiles and everybody would be like, all right, sweet. Well, no. we're at a well, yeah, we're at a five. And, and I think like alcohol is going to make that infinitely worse. It, the depression piece was what was so gripping to me. I feel like I shed a layer on the depression blanket. Like it was just burning me. And yeah. so, um, if you're struggling with depression, it is a blanket that you can take off because a lot of your depression blankets, you can't and anxiety. You can't, it's just who you are and it's embedded in there, but you can stop drinking or control your alcohol. So it makes anxiety worse and it makes depression worse for sure. Which yeah. is an all time high right now in America. Yep. I mean, it's for everybody. It's, it's a an cycle. All -time. Yes. Just like exactly. on our last episode, we talked about chest breathing. It just cycles. It's all cycling. It's all feeds one, one thing feeds the next. Well, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Let's I, close with our favorite creating mocktails and wine glasses conversation. Oh yes. <laughs> this, so 
whenever I decided I was going to like stop drinking for a beat, um, Lauren was like, okay, here's some tips for you. (laughs) And one of them was get all of the fancy stuff for like a mocktail, like, you know, all of the cool liquor, not liquors, but like the syrups and stuff like that and the fancy glass and make you a mocktail and and have it at the time you normally would and I don't do it anymore but there for like the first week or two I was doing it every night so if you want to transition get you a mocktail because so much of it is the ritual yes ritual that we miss also that transition from day to relaxing toward night so much of that is the evening cocktail and so you can still enjoy that and sip it and have fun making it. And then you're like kind of over the urge by the time you're halfway through the mocktail, you don't even want the alcohol anymore. It's just getting over that initial pull, right? Yes. Yeah. So I love, I'm obsessed with lime sparkling water Mm. and it was, I was getting the really expensive brands, but we've moved to Costco brand now, um, which is good. Um, But I take that and I put it in like a highball So like I would, if I were to go to like a really nice hotel, I would order like a vodka neat. Yeah. Um, And you know, they always serve in a really pretty glass and it's very cold. And so it's exactly how I serve my little sparkling water. And I put a lime on top and it looks, and quite honestly, it tastes a little bit like a vodka drink because that's, that's the filler in it, you know? Right. So I, that is like, home free. If I'm going to, and now that I'm thinking about it, I guess when I'd go into social situations, that's probably what I'm going to drink. Yeah. You can still have that glass in your hand, which is part of being in a social situation yes. you have to be hands-free, which is so awkward sometimes. I know it's exactly right. Hold your drink. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What's your favorite? Um, I've been ordering online this company called DRAM, D-R-A-M apothecary. And they have um, these CBD drinks and they have adaptogens from mushroom extracts in them. And they're insanely expensive, but I was like, if I'm not buying nice wine anymore, I'm yeah. going to buy my dram. And I've ordered a couple of times cause it's free shipping. If you order two 12 packs, you know, nice. Um, I'm looking it up after this. Yeah. I put it in a wine glass and they're delicious. They're really good. Yeah. See, yeah. uh, I think the glass is a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, and the routine and just, it makes you feel inclusive. So yeah. I think that's a great way to end it is cheers. You can still cheers. cheers. <laughs> yeah. You can still cheers. It's just a different content inside. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Lauren. Good thanks, to talk friend. to you. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.